<clears throat> All right, we ready to go there, Reg? Levels look good. Keep them there. I'll give you the three S's. I'll give you the music. You give me the. You give me. I'll give you. No, I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music, and I'll give you the podcast. I don't even know how it's going. It's only been five years. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Put it in the book. Two eighty nine, episode two eight niner. Wow. Next next week is is three hundred. I don't know what that means. It's it sounds impressive. We'll have to do something, I guess. Oh no, what am I talking? It's not three hundred. It's three ninety. I don't even know how to add. Jesus. All right. Well, forget my bad uh, arithmetic and let's just move on. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Three S's. Star. Smile. Strong. Here we go. Three, two, one. Whoa! Slow down. I got to first introduce it. You're 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 quick on the draw there. Slow down. Let me first introduce. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com. Or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast, we are there. But that ain't enough. It's your job as a listener to get out there and spread the word. So send a link, send a message, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody that you know who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast because your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. And if you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find all previous 288 episodes sitting in a vault just waiting for you. We have received the good housekeeping seal of binge approval for a podcast so we've got some validation here so anyway tell your friends if you like what you hear now listen to what we've done before so you'll know where we're going in the future if there's 288 podcasts in the vault no 89 yeah 88 then this has to be Episode 289. And joining us for episode 289 is our uh, occasional uh, contributor to the Pop Culture Club, Emily Armanetti. Hello, Emily. How are you doing? Hey, Jim. I'm good, thanks. How are you? It's great to hear from you. Um, I assume that you are preparing for the holidays. You have a good Thanksgiving? Yes, I did. Thanks. How was yours? It was fine. It was, you know, the usual. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's fine. A little turkey, a little stuffing. <laughs> yeah, a little. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, it, it's the only it's the only uh, holiday that's built around eating. I mean, yeah, it's pretty I like much. That, though, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, what I like about it is it's like family and like you know just that cozy like food, but and no no gifts involved. Yeah, that you know, yeah. it's like there's no yeah there you know there that is true. I, I you know the the uh, the older you get, it's like that that gift thing. It becomes like a a major uh, like obstacle to things. 
It's always hovering. And, yeah, and it's just also too much consumerism. You know, yeah, like Thanksgiving has that like pure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Everyone's I mean, it's kind it, of it, pure of heart. Yeah, because there is no, there's no expectation, or there's no, um, there's no stress involved. There's no anticipation from the other people, and then you're sitting there worried. Oh, is this a good present? Is a bad present? You're just like, hey, you know what? We're just going to get together and eat. Well, yeah, and you know what? And have a nice time. Yeah. And watch football. Right. <laughs> the problem I, t- I also have now with the holidays, now that I have children, is that everyone, like all of our, fa- everyone in our families, they text me and are like, what do your kids want? Send me their list. Well, uh, there's no thought. It's just right. Like, if I'm just telling you, okay, I know. you're going to get them this and you I get know. them this. And you, what's the point? Anyway. I know. It's, it's like <laughs> an opposite. I do appreciate, though, on the flip side, right, the, yeah, I do right. appreciate that. I do have to ask people like, oh, like what I try to do is say, oh, what's so-and-so into these days, you know? But like, I really feel like a lot of times with, you know, family, extended families, I'm sure other parents kind of get this, like some people really are just down to send me their list. Where's their list? What's on the list? Well, it's become yeah. a, it's, it's it's such it's 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 such an obligation. I I mean I I've always been most touched by presents that I never expected. Like yeah. when somebody did something out of the blue uh, for something, even for an occasion. But I never would have expected either them to do it. Maybe I didn't expect that they were that they thought of me. You know, like oh wow, you know I. I I considered you a friend, but I, wow, this is, this is very nice of you. Or, or, uh, you know, it was just out of the blue. It didn't, it wasn't revolving around any kind of a, um, an occasion. And those are the things that I remember most. I remember, I, I, I can remember this day, you know, I got a, a, one of my, a job one time I got and, uh, a friend of ours just made it, did a nice gesture and I mean, I wasn't expecting, right? I mean, it's just, hey, I just got a new job. You know, congratulations, right? That's the most that you usually get. But they went out of their way and they actually created something for me, you know? And I'm like, and I remember, this was, this was like almost 30 years ago. And I still remember that. I can't tell you what I got for Christmas last year. Right. But I remember that because it was so, um, and I actually, I actually remember a birthday present that, um, that, that you were a part of when I, when we worked together. Oh. Yeah, uh, I, I I think you were there. Maybe you weren't there yet. I don't know, uh, but I think yeah, you had to have been because I was, you know, I was the head of the group. But um, you guys uh, for my birthday, you bought me, or at least the group did. Maybe you, I, I assume you were with us yet at that time, but maybe not. But um, they bought me this um, this book that was like a companion book to the Beatles anthology film that came out like in the mid to late nineties. Mm-hmm. And I never, and, and it was something that I really wanted and liked. And I had no clue that they were going to get that for me. And I was, when I opened, I was like, wow, that this is like the perfect gift. Right. These you know, people really know. Me. Yeah. And, and, and as opposed to that. like, you're saying, oh, where's your list? Mm-hmm. This was something that some thought went into and it was complete. I didn't expect anything really. So, yeah, I, 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 as time goes on, I've, well, I've always been somebody, I would rather give gifts than receive them. I enjoy getting yeah. gifts for people. I don't really, um, I don't really, I mean, I appreciate when someone gets me something, but I'm, I'm, I get more of a kick out of, uh, giving than receiving. Yeah, I know what you mean. And yeah. I think it's like, it's nice, and it is nice when you see something 
that you're like, oh, that would be perfect for right. so-and-so, or they would really love this. Yeah, and then and they do. Right. It should be, gift giving should just be like, when you come across something that is so perfect for someone you know, just get it and send it to them. Exactly. You, you, know, you don't no, need, yeah. No, not, no birthday gifts, right. no Christmas gifts, just like there, spontaneous yeah. gifting. There shouldn't yeah. be an occasion. If you know when when, right. when there's because when there's an occasion for it, then that's where the obligation comes in, and to right. me, it, it sort of loses its 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 specialness because like, well, you're thinking of now. I mean, you can look at that cynically. It's like okay, if it's your birthday, at least someone's remembering your birthday, so that's nice. But to your point, I'd rather get something on you know April fourteenth, which means nothing to me. You know, because it's just someone said, oh, I saw this and thought of you. Well, how nice is right, that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. But I, you know, also we're getting older. So it's like, we don't, you don't need anything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm throwing really stuff out. Anything, yeah. I don't really, you know? yeah, I'm throwing stuff out. So yeah, right. I don't, I, I'm done accumulating. I mean, I'm still, right. you know, I'm still buying things obviously, but I'm still, I'm not buying them the way I used to. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in what goes out than what comes in. So no, I, I, I totally, I agree. Yeah. It's better to be in purging mode. Yeah. Oh, I love to consuming. purge. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I am, I am becoming a, um, a possession anorexic. That's good. Yeah. I've just, you know, I, I just coined that right now. Yeah. I'm a, I am going to yeah, I'm a possession anorexic. Mm-hmm. I purge my possessions. I mean, I know, you know, you, Honestly, I, you've talked about it a lot on the podcast. I know what lengths you've had to go to, to like, even, you know, go through all your parents. Stuff. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. And and it's important though, because you have to figure out what, what is sentimental and what to keep and what you would never want to. Yeah. You don't want to just blindly start giving bins of things away. Right. You know, there's stuff in there that's important to you that you want to hang on to. Then you also know you can't hang on to everything and you have to be thoughtful about sorting through it. And, um, and that, and that's the thing. It's like, you, you know, more acutely than ever, because having, you've been going through this exercise for some time. Yeah. To, I mean, honestly, if we weren't in a pandemic, I would have already had you here to Austin to <laughs> going through my stuff. That's but, still my but, goal. My but, goal is still to get you to come here and use all of the skills that you've attained. Well, you know, it makes me mad. There is this book. That some woman has written, I don't know her name, but there's some that that's like the cool, trendy book about oh, the Marie Kondo thing. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, and yeah. you know, and and I'm sorry, but I have been that I'm so mad because she's getting all this credit for you know you know putting some kind of a theory behind you know how to throw things out isn't it something like if you if you're if you're happy if it, it brings you joy keep it or something okay here's her thing first of all you have to take everything out of what let's say it's like a closet that you're doing you right. take everything out and you throw it in a big heap because the first thing you have to do is realize how right. much you actually have right. okay fine i would honestly that would not work for me but whatever <laughs> but her main thing is you have to take each individual item Hold it in your hands and decide, does this spark joy right. in me? And if it does, then you keep it. If it doesn't, then you thank it. And and so what did I say? And what did I say? Do you, If you remember, if I said, if it doesn't have luster, it doesn't pass muster. <laughs> right. So that's, well, that, that was the same thought process. And I came up with this and I talked about it on the radio at least seven or eight years ago. 
And I turn and I created the word declutter. Because I said, I am beginning to declutter in my house. And I remember they people are going, Where does what 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 does that even mean? And I'm like, I'm I'm you know, there's this clutter, I'm decluttering. And now I hear declutter everywhere. Well, listen, I think there's room for everyone here. So you need to get your pitch together. Next thing you know, you'll have a book. I know. I know. I'm so mad because I I was on this decluttering kick for eight years ago. When I sort of, when I turned 50, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to begin to get, because I got so much stuff. And so I'm so mad because I'm like, I've just been doing this on my own. I didn't, this was no big revelation to me. And yet clearly a lot of people have a lot of problems with throwing stuff out. I'm like, why did I just keep this to myself? I could have been on on Regis and Kathy Lee. I could have been on Drew Barrymore. (laughs) You would have been, for sure. Oh, definitely. That's right up her alley. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, if you can get your pitch together, you get your I know, but now it's it's gone. It's it's been done. everyone really i well maybe yes, yeah yes, and maybe the fact that it's like maybe that the fact that it's a guy doing it would even be yeah, more i think that is you could have your own edge and i listen if when you get your netflix show <laughs> i will be your first episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah instead of hoarders you're gonna be my yeah instead of hoarder you're like the yeah. hoarder but you know but 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 to that point now because you've got you know young children that are getting to the age now where they are going to start um, to to accumulate their own stuff. Oh, they already are. Well, are you kidding me? Well, I understand that, but but there's going to be stuff that they that that means something to them. You know, they're getting to an age yeah. where they can actually begin to put meaning and emotion to it, not just accumulating, but actually, oh, this was my blank when I did this. You know, you you associate uh, you know memories with with objects. Yes, and that's the my whole. If it doesn't. You know, it doesn't, uh, if it, it's lost its luster, it doesn't pass muster. So right. now that, I guess, wasn't as new agey as if it doesn't bring you joy. It's, that's spark joy. Oh, oh see, spark yeah, see, joy. thank you. See, I never would have put those words together. <laughs> I'm over there rhyming and bringing, yeah. you know, and making well, this nice little, catchy. this catchy slogan. And she's over there with her. If it doesn't spark joy, I could just I could just hear like wind chimes behind that phrase. <laughs> but um, but no. So my point is, if you want to do what you should start to be doing, because my mom, you know, lover at lover, you know, lover as well as 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 uh, you know, screaming, she kept everything. So she had yeah. she had no filter. So what I'm saying to you is, is that you have the, you have, here's, here's my, here's my next, um, you know, kind of advice now on the, on the decluttering world. So learn, as I say, I always try to learn from mistakes. So my mom kept everything, which is great because I have some stuff that I never would have had and I, and, and I decided to keep it, but I also had to throw out a hell of a lot of stuff that was meaningless. Yeah. So my point is you, you, you as a mom, who you are intimately involved in your children's lives, you can tell, you can, you will know, oh, that's their favorite doll. Or that was when, when they did this. 
So you could actually, when you're when as they now get older now and start accumulating things, you can probably make a nice, a, a fairly good decision on what will be important to them later on, like what they will remember, as opposed to keeping everything, and then. Yeah. You know, so you might be able to be able to take that step back and say, okay, you know what? I remember we bought them this and they didn't really care about it. And so yeah. that can get thrown out. And yet, oh my gosh, you know, she or he used to sleep with this doll every night, you know, for five years. We can't throw that out. I mean, I literally have, I literally have, you know, we, we put up, I put up my Christmas stuff, geez, already, you know, three weeks ago. But I just saw, I found this, this, this one Santa doll that now I never knew how old it was, but I just found a picture of me recently with it. And I had to have been a less than a year old. So that doll is like, you know, more than 50 years old. Right. And I do remember that doll. So yeah, I'm glad that she saved that. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's on the couch right now. <laughs> so I'm so glad that she did save that doll because yeah. I remember that doll later, but I never knew that it was that it was from when I was almost one years old. Okay, well, I, I always tell this story, and, and I think I do. This, this right here gives me a good sense of what for my kids to hang on to and what not to worry about. When I moved to London... And you know this, this, I was like in my late twenties and, um, it was, you know, it was a big move that came kind of out of the blue. And so my parents were a little bit caught off guard by it, but happy for me because it was a very exciting time right? and an exciting place to go, of course. And you met but, your um, husband there. I did. Yeah. I met my husband living yeah. over there, but, um, they, but so they, but they had mixed emotions about it too. Cause they were like, you're, but you're going to be so far away. And right. up to that point, all of their kids, right. Adult were, we were adults, but right. still we all lived in, in Chicago. Right. And so we get, we got to O'Hare. This was the day I was leaving. I mean, literally packing up here are my suitcases right. I'm bringing with <laughs> my dad, I think took a couple boxes to a shipping place to have shipped over there, but I wasn't bringing a lot with me, you know, just yeah. some clothes and a few personal items. So, you know, my parents stayed with me, you know, parked the car at O'Hare, stayed with me in line for the check-in. <laughs> when you, you could know, do waited. that. When you could do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. Waited with me. They waited. They didn't, they kind of hung around with me until I had to go through security, like absolute last minute, have to go through. And so while we're waiting in the check-in, I saw my mom, like, but doing something with my with one of my suitcases. And I was like, what are you doing over there? And she's like, nothing, never mind. No, just uh, <laughs> when you get there, there's my, something in there for you, you know, oh, okay. that uh, but I, you know, just just wait until you get there and you get yourself settled in. And I was like, all right, whatever. Lady. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, these, are, these are bags that I'm checking anyway. Right. You know, yeah. So so we check the bags and you know, I'm off on my big journey. And, um, and so of course it's an overnight flight. And so I land and then you land, I hardly sleep on, you know, the, the overnight, but you've done that. Flight. Oh yes. Oh, I'm that's sure right. all the time. Right? Yeah. Most of the time. And, yeah. um, yeah. And so you get there and, you know, you're kind of, t- you go, you're, you're exhausted because you haven't really slept and you go through the immigration process. And now here I am, I'm, this is, I'm showing up with a visa now, you know, like right. I'm entering this country as like a person who's going to live here. And I'm there, and so I do it, you know, the whole thing. And, and so it was, I mean, it, it all at once felt like 
a normal trip in a sense, but it wasn't, you know what I mean? So I get everything situated. I get into the center of town and that they were putting me up that my company was putting me up at, um, you know, like a temporary housing place while I found it looked for a flat. So I get into this sort of, it was like a studio apartment type place. And I get in there and I pull my bags down and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I know no one in London. I mean, I know (laughs) no one (laughs) at one person through work. And that was it. And I wasn't going to be, it was Saturday morning and I wasn't going to be going into the office until Monday morning. So I'm like, I sit down on this bed and I'm really, really tired. And I'm like, I look around, you know, here are my bags and here I am in this room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I live here now. Like I'm not just, (laughs) getting on a plane next week and going, right, yeah, I yeah. live here. And then they had this moment of like, what do I do now? Right. And then I remembered my mom bathing around with my bag. Right. <laughs> so I go over to this suitcase and I open up the, this pocket is like one of the front pockets. And in the front pocket, she had a little stowaway. It was the, baby doll oh. that my aunt gave me the day I was born. Oh my God. And I dragged that baby doll around with me for all of my toddlerhood. Yeah, all see? of my younger years. I named her baby Leah. <laughs> and I dragged that doll everywhere. I had no idea that my mom had it, that it see? was still around. Right. And, I didn't, and she stored baby Leah Oh, stowed her away. And I remembered this feeling that like washed over me of like, it was such an important like moment and it was an important time in my life. And to have my mom think about that, to arrive in this strange place where I know no one and have that. She was kind of giving you like a comfort. Exactly. Yes. That I didn't even know I needed or had with me, you know, it was really pretty amazing. And to this day baby leah see sits on a shelf yeah in my house and i i so i definitely yeah so that's my point is that those are the things yeah Yeah. so and and like i said and i've got we've got i've got things like that all around the house here uh from my childhood and and um and, and the same thing like that um and so my point is is that you know you can you it's almost your job now you know, as, a, as a, in addition to you know, you know, ordering bouncy houses for birthday parties, <laughs> yeah. it, it's also your job to, um, to as I said before, kind of take a step back and 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 find those things and find those moments uh, and keep those things as well. But 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 also, but I would I would just caution you is to have be somewhat discerning. Just don't keep everything. No, no, but but no, but no. but you will be that. able to like your mom clearly knew that that doll was a major part of your growing up situation, and so she was like, "I I can't throw her out," and she maybe never knew why she ever kept it and when she would ever even need to bring it out again. But then this situation came out of nowhere. And she thought, think about that. She thought of that doll. You know, you're right. Well, also, it's in, it's so important too because it's like it it, it was kind of always known that that doll was get, gifted to me the day I was born. You know, as a baby, I was too young to even play with a doll, right? 
And it was a really beautiful Madame Alexander doll that was probably meant to be kept on the shelves. But like my mom doesn't really believe in that and let me play with it as a kid and let me drag it all over the place. And it is, it's little, like, it's little outfit is, like, all tattered, <laughs> right. and, you know, and faded beyond belief and whatever. But, you know, it's it's honestly, like, it's, it, it is one of my prized possessions. It is, like, one yeah. of the things that, you know, if I, you know, if the house were on fire, I'd obviously right. get the kids out. And then I'd be, like, where's baby know, Leah? grabbing for baby Leah. Right. Yeah. No, but, but so, so, so that's, that's, that was, that is my, my suggestion to you is that at this point now, your kids are getting to that age where you you my point is you will you will start to be throwing some things out because they will be outgrowing some things. So oh, they do all the time. Well, this so is my I'm point. Pretty, I am I'm good. I'm pretty ruthless, but I agree. I know I know what their baby Leas are. Right. So well, that's what. I, yeah. So yeah. that's good because you this way. But then also know what is not their baby Leas and throw that out because you don't want to have <laughs> what I had to go right. through. So that's no, my little I, I, my little I bit agree. there. I, get, I know. I well, anyway, this is. I mean, according to my script, yeah. uh, you know that we had for today. I mean, now okay, we're on Russell, page. Russell. Yeah, turn now. Go to go to page fourteen, Emily. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had no idea we we're going to talk about decluttering. No, uh, that was not on the agenda. But that's the great thing about the podcast is that it can go in any direction, and you know we will just follow it where it goes. But I did want to talk about because your name uh you came up you I thought of you first thing um a few weeks ago when I saw this in the news it was actually making national news on uh the internet and uh, I immediately uh contacted you and I thought it would be fun to talk about because it does um talk, it does breach into a few different uh subjects. So um, the Rolling Stones have been touring for the last couple of months, and in fact, Mick Jagger has been making quite a scene. Every city he goes to now, he has been photographed at different places in each city, and it kind of started okay. as a fluke. Uh, I don't remember what city he was in. He went to some city, and he went to a bar one night, incognito mm-hmm. with a hat on, and no one mm-hmm. recognized him in the in the bar. Yes, and that actually. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And so and, and so then after that, he posted it because he's just standing by himself drinking a beer in this bar and clearly no one's recognizing him. And he went up to the bar and ordered a drink and the bartender didn't recognize him. Most likely probably a guy in his 20s and 30s who doesn't know who this 80-year-old guy is, even though he's coming in doing a chicken walk. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he, should, uh, he just thought he's probably some drunk guy. Um, but um, and so after that, so uh, Mick Jagger now every stop on this tour, he's been going to different places and being photographed. But my point is, so the, the Stones have gotten back. They sadly lost um, Charlie Watts right before this tour started. Yeah. And um, but it's been a very uh, successful tour. And, and everybody's talking about how um, age defying the whole band is. And certainly Jagger. I mean, he's, he's like 76, 77, 78 years old now and and still performing uh, great. So they've been following this tour. But what made the show uh, in Austin, Texas, uh, a little uh, newsworthy was how horrible the concert security was how horrible overall apparently the concert um organization and preparation was in terms of um traffic to get to the venue traffic to get in the venue um 
handling the the large amounts of crowds inside the venue. It was an outdoor venue. It sounds like it was a herd of cattle uh, of people. It, it took people hours not only to fit, to get out of the parking lot, but I saw some pictures of people just walking toward the exits with you know just jammed in it was it was a covid uh you know soup oh well <laughs> and so but they were, so and then i saw people complaining uh online about how poorly this entire um uh concert and this event was planned and i saw that it was in austin texas and i remembered from so, of several podcasts ago you mentioning about a year ago how you had tickets to the rolling stones and now you were going to have to wait because the show got postponed and i said yeah. I, I bet you that emily was at that show yeah mm-hmm. and so i i emailed you and sure enough you were there so give us a rundown on uh, not only we'll talk about the show itself but so yeah. uh talk about what was the what was the scene at this venue? Where was this venue? How far from yeah. the city limits? Give give a little rundown as to what was going on. Well, yeah, I mean it's Circuit of the Americas, which is like a racetrack. I mean, oh wow, recently, it's like it's it's a racetrack. Yeah, and just recently there was like an F one race. See, there. the Rolling Stones should have known they don't do well at racetracks. The last time they did a concert at racetrack was in Altamont. In 1969, and the Hell's Angels killed somebody there. Yes, I. Yes, and they pretty much ruined the. They ended the 60s on a very sour note. So the Rolling Stones should know first off the bat they should not be doing concerts at racetracks. But go ahead. I mean, okay, so <laughs> this place is kind of interesting because there's an amphitheater there, which is small. It's you know, it's got like an it's an outdoor you know amphitheater with like a lawn section, and that's where I've gone to see. So, like a Poplar like, Creek here in Chicago, or a yeah, you know, and yes, you exactly. know, like the Maybe like the Tinley uh, Park, the Hollywood Casino. Yes, yeah, totally, totally. And I've been there to see. So that's where you'd see people like like I've seen Steely Dan and Elvis Costello and right. Chicago and the Doobie Brothers. Right. And I, I, I had tickets for Beck there that I didn't end up being able to go to the show, but like that's the kind of stuff. Like that's right. a smaller venue. You know? Yeah. For some reason, my husband kept thinking that that, I mean, that's an amphitheater on the grounds of the racetrack, but it's like just one small part of it. Right. This particular racetrack then can also be configured for what they call a super stage. And so that's like, so every time, for example, when they have a race, like when they have F1, you know, every night there's a huge musical artist that plays. So like most recently, like Billy Joel played one night. I remember a couple of years or well, a couple, maybe a year or so after I moved here. Um, I remember a lot of people going there to see Justin Timberlake was right. one of the headliners after, yeah. you know, the day of racing and whatever. And so, yeah. you know, those are the so they can convert this place yeah. to that kind of super stage right and i don't know why i kept trying to tell my husband in the lead up to this like he was like blown away oh we're going to be seeing the rolling stones there and i think i, I kept saying to him like it's not going to be the same as the <laughs> right. other concerts we've it's not going to be intimate <laughs> this is going to be eighty thousand people yeah like this is the super stage stuff. yeah but i just don't think it was like computing because he had never seen it before and i had never seen it before either but like i think i kind of follow more of the live music scenes. I was kind of aware of like some of the bigger acts and what happens there. And also when I bought the tickets, 
you know, I knew what the layout was because I had to decide oh, right. what do we want yeah. our tickets, right. you know? Yeah. And this, and I, I will say that we'll come on to this, but my decision-making getting the tickets, I think massively helped in terms of our overall experience here related to all the, all of the disastrous stuff you were mentioning. But so this place is like, let's see. I mean, it's not that far outside of the city limits. I mean, it can't be more than like 10 miles from downtown. It's it's probably from my front door. It should be about a 25-minute drive. It is a little bit out in the middle of nowhere. Just, I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah, it's right? a racetrack, like right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, so, it's yeah. a racetrack. So it's kind of out. It's like past the airport. And, it, and there's not really anything around it, okay? Like, there's not really anything around it. Just roads. Yeah. And... And the first time I went out there to go to a, a concert, I was very new in town. It was the first night I was here. And I, my husband was, we had these tickets and he was like, I don't know if we should leave the kids with the center on our first night in Austin. And I was like, yeah, no, I agree. But can I still go? And I got, <laughs> and I got an Uber <laughs> and I got an Uber out to this place. Cause, you know, I don't even think we had a car yet. Like we were, so we had just moved here from Brooklyn. And I remember the guy driving, there was a point, he seemed like a nice guy, but there was a point where I was like, is this guy taking me out to a cornfield right to murder me? i know like, don't i've i've had that i've had that feeling many times when i've gone either yeah. with on cabs or something where i don't know where i'm going i'm in a strange city and, and i'm in a, in and a rural area around. i'm like i'm i think i'm getting uh, kidnapped right <laughs> so there's like nothing around but then all of a sudden you come up on this yeah. venue right? right so you know as soon as i saw that in the distance i was like okay great i'm not getting murdered okay, right. <laughs> so and since then i've been there a number of times for the smaller concerts so it's not it's not really that far outside of the city limits um and it really should only take about maybe 20 25 now to get there. but the other side of the coin is since it's kind of in a rural area i would assume that it doesn't have the best um you know kind of of infrastructure to handle a huge crowd, right? In terms of roads. Well, I, I mean, apparently not, but that's the weird thing about it. It's like, it's not like this is the first time a big event has happened at this place. So it is kind of perplexing. I mean, we left, the, the concert started at 7.30. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't even know if there was an opening actor. I mean, you kind of assume there's right. going to be, but like my plan was I want to be there by 7.30, just in case. Right. Like, I just don't know. And I hadn't really taken the time to look into it or whatever. So my husband, we, we, we were going with friends and we wanted to, um, this is the friends of ours who were, came here from Nicaragua for the concert. Oh I mean, my God. This is two years in the, we bought these tickets two <laughs> right. years ago. Right. Okay, right. Yeah. And you and I discussed it when we talked about all of the various things that had been canceled because of COVID. And this was one of the things that yeah. we had tickets for and didn't know it was going to happen. So it is kind of crazy that we actually finally made it, you know, it's finally here, it's happening. And, um, so we wanted to go and have a good time and be able to have some drinks and whatever. Um, so, and not have to worry about parking. So we got, we just, you know, organized a driver ahead of time to come, you know, drop us off and also pick us up. Because what I also learned from my first time being out there, if you Uber out there or you ride share out there, um, you get stuck in the middle of nowhere with not really much of a cell signal in a long line of people who are all also trying to book Ubers on their phones at the same time. So based on our experience, I was like, we need to have this booked ahead of time and just right. have someone already scheduled to come get us. So it kind of worked out. We left our house at 5.15. Hmm. 
which I thought when my <laughs> husband said he booked the car for 515, I was like, that seems too early. And he was like, well, that's the only time the guy could do and blah, blah. I was like, all right, fine, fine, fine. So I'm thinking, we have whatever, we'll get there, we'll hang out, we'll have some food. Yeah, they have food trucks and drink, right. you know, bars and stuff. So so 5.15, we, we pulled out of my driveway at 5.15. <laughs> we actually finally arrived. And I think we even got out of the car before, well before where the guy was actually going to drop us off. We finally got dropped off at, 7.45. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, oh. We were in the car <laughs> for, like, I, when, I honestly, there was a point where I didn't, but we, at one point, we were like, should we just get out and walk? And I was like, right. well, I don't know about walking. Because you are, I mean, the thing is, like, there's, you know, there are various, like, expressways around here and highways and stuff. And you, there are some main, you know, highways that you can kind of take to get out that way. But then it's the problem. It, the problem with that is it. People were coming from all directions. I understand a lot of people were coming also from like outside of Austin. Well, they were saying that people were Dallas, getting. They were saying that people were getting out of the cars and walking it, and they were there. There's nowhere to walk. I mean, they're literally walking on the dirt next well, to the road, so it wasn't very safe. I, I saw a guy get out of the car, get out of his car on the side of the road to. Um, how can I put this delicately? Uh, <laughs> Let's just say he needed a potty break. Right. <laughs> This guy gets out of his car, and honestly, he had the traffic was so bad that I mean, he was out there for quite some time, and like, still, his car had only moved like 12 inches. Right, what is this guy gonna do? Right, starts moving, and his car takes off. I mean, no, no problem. Like, you know, he could, he could. So, did you miss miss the beginning of the show? No. So here's the thing. And we, this is why we got lucky because after the fact, when I started reading about what a disaster everything was, so for us, traffic was really terrible. And I was a little worried for some, I was like, there was a point where I was like, are we actually even going to make it for the beginning? Of right. The show, right? Yeah. So we got, finally we get, we got out of the car and we, there were these guys with like, um, what do you call rickshaw guys? Like, let's go. We're getting on these. Cause like, what, even once we got out, like it was a really, it would have been a really long walk to the entrance where we needed to be. So like, that's the one good thing I would say they did is like, they were pretty clear on the website about if you have tickets for these sections, this is your entrance. If you have tickets for these sections, this is your entrance. And so we see these guys with the rickshaws and I said to them, uh, Hey, can you, you know, take us? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, like whatever, 10, 10 bucks, five, right. we're like, fine, sold, you know? And and as these guys are like, so you got in the rickshaw. People are, pe- yeah, oh. people are walking. People are walking everywhere. We are just flying by. Them, oh. right? now we, like now, we want to get in as quickly as possible. We don't want to miss the beginning of the show. We do want to get something to eat because now we're starving too. Right? I mean, yeah. You know, want to get something to eat. Want to get some drinks, and we don't want to miss the the start of the show. Right. So we're like anything. And honestly, what these guys initially were like, oh well, we can take you to this entrance. And I was like, we're really supposed to go to this entrance it says for our tickets and the guy's like all right we could do that i mean we would have been walking for another i would say at least another mile and a half had we just so how fast did the rickshaw guy get you there he was fast he got us there (laughs) in like five minutes so was he was he on a bike or was he running no no he wasn't running (laughs) he was on a bike okay I, i thought it was a real rickshaw 
Well, no, I mean, it's like we're in Austin. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he he was on a bike. Oh, okay. So we're so we're all these throngs of people are like walking, but we are flying on these rickshaws. <laughs> so that that was the second thing that really were there four people out. or were you was it two to a rickshaw? Oh, it was two two to a rickshaw. So yeah. my husband and I were in one, and our friends, another couple, were yeah. in the other. So so fine. So now here's now here's the third. Were you rickshaw. going downhill at all? Was he getting any kind of a of a? No, I'm no. Oh. This guy, it was pretty flat this guy was working hard yeah he, he was cool he knew we, we wanted <laughs> i think the general vibe there was that things were going really wrong yeah so, like even the even these rickshaw guys knew like <laughs> all these people are scrambling to get to where they need to be because like the show's going to start anyway right yeah they've been sitting whatever so yeah. <laughs> you know so now and so bear in mind like thank goodness we didn't have to deal with parking because that could have been a whole other yeah. disaster and i'm sure it was but right. So we finally we finally get there and we get to the now here's the here's the next thing that really helped us out. So we had I, I bought what they call gold circle tickets, which, you know, looking at the, the venue kind of looked like, well, this is our best bet if we want to have like a good good views be relatively close to the stage. Right. But I don't feel we don't need to be in the pit, you know, right. which there was actually a pit. I yeah. mean, it's not I'm sure for the Rolling Stones. But let's put it this way. We were like among the youngest people there. So I, I don't think it was like a mosh pit. Type yeah, pit. right, right. But with COVID, I don't need to be in the big crowd, right. you know, all crowded in with people. So there was this. So the, our entrance. And so I was worried as we're being rickshawed to this <laughs> thing. You know, I'm worried like, oh, great. How long is the line going to be just to get, to get to right. show our tickets, right. get them scanned, and get over. They were putting wristbands on everyone yeah. to, for your. So you had your section right. wristband because only you can get in that section. Well, I think being gold circle was really kind of key because our entrance had hardly anyone coming in it. Oh, nice! And we had our own little area yeah. of like food. Oh, and nice! And yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like our, our area, and the, which was kind of a general admission standing, which is fine. That's kind of what I like. Mm-hmm. And then right behind us, there was kind of a um, a, a grandstand of mm-hmm. uh, bleacher seating. Right. And then beyond that, there yeah. were like various different lawns, like right. the gold lawn, the bronze lawn, oh my the silver, God, like whatever, yeah. you know. So the the area that we were in very luckily was very contained. And I could tell looking behind me that beyond us, there was like a whole other world. Yeah. 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 The whole other world. <laughs> and so for us, like that was pretty key because um, we did not get we got we got very quickly like we were able to really quickly get food and drinks and we were able to get situated where we were going to be standing for the show like pretty quickly we didn't really get caught up in massive crowds and um and we were able to get there like kind of pretty much just we got positioned like just in time we didn't have to do a lot of waiting around oh wow the opening act the opening act had finished and so, we so they did have an opening act. They did have an opening act. Oh, yeah, really? they did. It was a, some band I've never even heard of. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, so that that all actually. So the traffic part was really the worst part, like for for us. But what I've read and heard is that like there were some people who just never who like turned around and just headed back home. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I saw I saw some video and it was a horror story. I mean, it just looked like I said the uh, the the traffic getting into it. 
uh, it looked like it was a, a, a two-lane road. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even if it was a four lane road, it didn't matter because you know there was so many people getting trying to get in there that, like you said, it would it just looked like bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper to bumper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then once people got in, as I said, I saw this over uh, this overhead view shot of people walking through the concourses, and it it was just it was just a sea of humanity. And so people yeah, were saying yeah. that now I, it sounds like you probably were able to get out easier too. then. Is that correct? You well, were able I to- was. Yeah, I was. And, you know, also the thing that was good about like, so again, I mean, we, we, the section that we were in, we could have, if I wanted to just deal with a big crowd, I could have gone right up to the stage uh-huh. if I wanted to be in a crowd. Right. But because of, co- and in normal circumstances, I think for the Rolling Stones, I probably would have done that. But just because of COVID, I was like, I don't, I don't really need to do that. And also, I felt like I could see the stage from where I was pretty well. Um, and I, you know, so I didn't feel the need to like, it was nice because even when we were. And Keith Richards we looks stage, better. Keith Richards looks better from a distance. Oh, well, I will tell you what I think about Keith Richards <laughs> in a second. But where, from where I was standing, um, there weren't even that many people. It, the cra- it was not as crowded because we were kind of a little near the back of our section, kind mm-hmm. of hanging back. So, like, I didn't feel like I was near within six feet of anyone but the three other people that I oh wow went to the concert yeah. with, which yeah. was really nice. Yeah. Um, now the other thing I read, which is funny, do you remember that band Fastball? They had like just a couple of random. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that. Very nineties yeah. band. Yeah. Right? yeah. I didn't even know. So apparently, the lead singer of Fastball which I haven't even heard that name in like probably since the nineties since probably since we worked together. Right. Um, apparently he lives in Austin. I did not know this, but he was making news because he was, well, I guess cause he's some somewhat known, right. He was like tweeting about like never again. I, like, you know, he was hot, very critical of the venue and saying, I will never ever go to another show at it's called circuit of the Americas, but people just refer to it. Wasn't didn't they have that song uh, All Star? Hey now, uh, I don't no, that's that not fastball. Had, no, um, no, that's not fastball. No, they had a couple. They had one. You know what? The thing is, you'll make fun of me. They had a song on the Varsity Blues soundtrack, and you know, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan. Of music, so, <laughs> you know, I love my Varsity Blues. But, oh um, Jesus! Yeah. So yeah, so he was like tweeting and criticizing, and he basically said. We, the only reason we made it to the show at all was because we paid some dude to park on his lawn and we walked the rest of the Wow. <laughs> so how did you leave? So how did you get home? Did you take the rickshaw home? Well, well, no, we did not have to take the rickshaw home because the driver, the guy who picked us up um, to, to take us there, um, and he actually blew off another ride he he had to pick up after us because there was no way he could get out of there you know oh, right him, like you have to find a different way. yeah right so anyway um he i was a little worried i was like oh my god what if this guy doesn't come back here to get us you know yeah. then what are we gonna do but no he he showed up he was right where he said he was gonna be like out we it was not a far walk from the exit where we were coming out and i would say again because we happened to be in this certain section that was kind of closed off from everything else. We had a pretty easy path out. We did hang back for a couple of minutes just to let the crowds like disperse a little bit, like give people a chance to, you know, we weren't in a massive hurry. Um, So we were like, you know, it's either jamming with 
a bunch of people or just give it five minutes yeah. and let it thin out a little. Well, and so, so that's what we did. What's so ironic is that this happened in right in the aftermath of a week or so where there was oh. deaths and tramplings I know, I at, know, uh, I at, know. at a concert. I can't remember the name of the artist now. It was a rap concert. That was Travis Scott. Yeah, yeah Travis Scott. Was, and so yeah. you would have thought that uh, given that, that there would have been a heightened awareness by organizers of any concert, especially with one of the Rolling Stones magnitude, where you know there's going to be a ton of people that uh, you know, in the aftermath, it's like okay, we, okay, we better, we better, you know, re, you know, um, reassess what our security and what our uh, you know handling of people and how they're you know and exits and safety, we better make sure that we've got our uh, you know our game on 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 par here because uh, right now you know concert security is in the news and we don't need another crazy thing to happen here. And um, no, I, I totally agree, and I. And yeah. so for that to have been that disorganized really is crazy because they should have they should have you know had a major meeting right you know right after that to say okay wait a minute are we set for this? Well, I will say that I did see I I did feel a pretty strong security presence. I felt like everywhere I looked, I saw I saw, you know, uh various like I saw different sheriff's departments like you know officers there and stuff along with like regular security guards so you know I think there probably was security there in the case of like if they had a real crowd control like problem like you know in terms of say a safety problem right yeah. I think the crowd control problem they had was inconvenience right yeah People were massively inconvenienced because they were had to wait in hours for traffic. Some of them. Well, you know what's what's so show. what's so crazy. Uh, you know that's one. I mean that's the thing. I mean you know I wouldn't mind if the concert uh, the concert industry was new, but you know since since the seventies that's when the the rock concert business really began to take on its its impact when 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 rock bands could start filling up major arenas like Madison Square Garden and so you were having these major uh you know events and then these outdoor stadium shows whether they were reconfigured like you're saying racetracks or you know football stadiums um but you know that the I don't remember you were you may have been too young to remember but uh in the late 70s early 80s there was there was a death at a who concert Oh yes, yeah. Was in, that, I think that was in, in Ohio. No, yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and that yeah. was general admission, and people just ran to you know to get you know they were it was just total chaos. It was indoors, uh, but it was total chaos, and people were running to get to the front of the stage. It was it was uh, general admission seating, and people got trampled, and so then lessons were learned. But 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 inevitably we learn lessons in our society, and then. We seem to forget them as time goes on. When when something then when when nothing bad happens, we start to give in a little, and we start to give in a little more, and we get a little lenient, and a little lenient, and a little lenient, and then we get back to a bad situation, and then a tragedy occurs. And that's and what what I have found crazy when you're talking about you've gone to these other, these different venues, and so have I. You know these when they've even constructed these venues, and they know there's going to be several thousand people who are going to be coming with cars, 
the design might look good in a little model on a on a desk, but you have to think about reality. I mean, I remember, yeah. um, you know, Poplar Creek, and I've been to, you know, Alpine Valley in Wisconsin. Now, Poplar Creek isn't around anymore, and it was a very great venue to see a show, but it was horrible to get in and out of. There was only one entrance with two lanes. And to your point, if you were going to see a, a major show, you better get there, you better leave your house at 5 o'clock. For an eight o'clock yeah. show, because you were going to be stuck. Now, I went to Poplar Creek so often in my 20s that I knew shortcuts and ways to get out and a side entrance. So I actually used to be, I used to brag on how fast I could get out of Poplar Creek. Yeah. But I, but getting in, there was just one entrance and there was two lanes. And that's the way I was, I went to see the Who one time at uh, Alpine Valley and I was in the parking lot for two and a half hours. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was well, just my, ridiculous. So I, you know, this is reminding me like a handful of years ago, my parents saw Paul McCartney and I want to say it was at Tinley Park and they had a really terrible experience getting in and they missed the first few songs, which they were upset about. Yeah. They were especially upset because they had paid for VIP parking when they bought their tickets. Right. But when they got there, they were told, well, sorry, the VIP it's lot full. is full. <laughs> and they were like, but yeah. okay, you yeah. know, it's kind of like the Seinfeld. Anybody can take a reservation. Yeah. Well, you're great at you take him. It's holding the reservation. The reserv- and that really is yeah. the most important, more important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody could just right. take them. And they were, they were like upset because it was kind of the, it was, it, the, the whole tra- traffic was a fiasco, but it was the VIP parking situation and the fact that they purchased a spot that was then no longer available. Right. You know, which is how do you do yeah. that? How yeah. Do you, that's, how that's, do you yeah, that's, yeah. Well, like I said, it, it, and then that, 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 was critical in them missing the beginning of the show, which for something like Paul, Paul McCartney and you know, you, you know, you know how this is. It's the same with the stones. Yeah. These tickets are not cheap. Oh, they no. are nowhere. No concert tickets are cheap anymore. Anyway. I mean, no, remember when we used ridiculous. to pay $25 oh. for, to see Prince 25. You know, I've got, like, when I went to see Elton in 1976, this ticket was $7. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's not like that anymore. You pay a lot of money to see, especially these, you know, these oh, these VIP. Oh, yeah, and these VIP guys. things. Those are those are several hundred, if not close to a thousand. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but I, I I will say that, and I do feel bad. I feel bad for people who didn't make it to the show at all, or even people who missed part of the show because. It really was a great show. I mean, I, I am I, really, truly, when people talk about Mick Jagger, it is astonishing how at his age yeah. he works that stage. And that's because, you know, this, you know, these stages are like the size of a football. Oh, right. right? Yeah. And then for the Stones, as you can imagine, they have this catwalk also right. that comes out yeah. to the center and he is all over it the whole time. He never stops moving and he's singing the whole time. Yeah. And they don't really take any breaks. I mean, they took a, in the, in the, they kicked off the show with a really nice tribute to Charlie Watts. It was a video with like a drum solo, right? And then, um, and then they were announced, and then you get all the pyrotechnics, you know, right, the fireworks yeah. and everything, and it's everything you think it's going to be. But then they really only in the middle of the show, he, they took a brief break, and where Mick Jagger talked a little bit more about how they're dedicating this tour to him and how much they miss him, and but you know, not a lot of breaks at all. 
and they play a great set, a long set. So he's singing the whole time. It's he's an unbelievable shape. Now, Keith Richards, on the <laughs> other hand, <laughs> listen, he's he's he still sounds great. But well, he never sounded great he, singing. He, you mean by he, playing? Not, not singing. Not yeah, singing, playing. Just playing. Yeah. But he does have a little bit of a weekend at Bernie's thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, we almost feel like someone's behind him. Pro- like, maybe he's. Maybe you know, he's anatomic. Yeah. Him. yeah, he's one of those Disney uh, Disney anatomic like robots. Yeah, like, maybe he's a maybe he's a hologram. He looks very stiff, and I want to say he was wearing sunglasses the whole time. <laughs> I don't know. I just got a weekend at Bernie's vibe. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they, I mean, honestly, like, I'm, I think we're all shocked that he's still alive. To be oh, yeah, no, that's always the joke. Really well. I mean, he plays well, and that's what matters. Yeah. But I don't, he didn't really move about the stage no. much. No, so, I mean, if you yeah. see pictures of him, uh, I've got a friend who's, um, who's a listener uh, to the radio as well as the podcast. And uh, he is a major, uh, major, I mean, this guy's like I am with Elton. And he's actually, I, I, he's a big Elton fan too. That's where I met him. Uh, but he's uh, more of a, even a, a, a Stones fan than he is an Elton fan. And he's a big Elton fan. And he's always in, you know taking pictures and he goes to just as many shows. I see him at, at shows all around the country. But he literally follows the Rolling Stones. I mean, on this tour... Mm-hmm. On his Facebook page, I, I I don't know how many shows he went to, but he had to go on to at least 10 or 12, if not more, shows. And he's always in, in, near the front, and he brings... He somehow is able to sneak in these long uh, zoom lenses. And so he oh, has really? some amazing photos. And uh, and so the the pictures of Keith Richards are hilarious. Because yeah. you know he's got, I mean, and 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 as, you know, and Mick Jagger too. You know, when you get a close up of Mick Jagger, I mean, his his face looks like you know the craters of the moon. I mean, he doesn't. Well, I mean, he's seventy eight. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I have nothing against. I'm just saying is that you know, I mean, he's in physically great shape, and I've seen some some uh, you know uh, footage of him at the shows, and like you said, he's running around, he's still doing the chicken walk, and he's he's doing everything that that you want Mick Jagger to do. It, it really is age defying. But uh, yeah. but Keith Richards. Uh, you know, looks more like Jack Sparrow now than he ever did. You know, from oh, uh, know. you know, and he, but even more so. But you know, it's funny they've got these pictures of, of Keith Richards backstage, and it's so funny because without all of the rock and roll regalia, you know, without all the bandanas mm-hmm. and the scarves and the cigarettes and the guitar and the you know the pants and the jeans and the boots and the spurs and the skull rings and all that stuff that makes Keith Richards Keith Richards as well as the mascara i think he may have just had mascara he might not even have had sunglasses on but um I, yeah you know but but when you see these backstage pictures of him he looks like a little old man Oh, it's so yeah. funny. He's got that little pot belly. Like mm-hmm. my, my wife and I went to see Bob Dylan a, about a month ago or so. And uh, we had really good seats. We're in the front, toward the front. And, uh, you know, he's 80. Yeah. So he comes out, you know, and I mean, he and and, and at least he knows, you know, he, he's always very strange anyway. And, 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 you know, he never says three words to the audience and he's uh, always kind of in the shade. Well, now I see why, because 
you know, he's 80 years old, so he doesn't have lights on him. He doesn't want right. anybody to see him. I don't right. know what he really looks like anymore, but he certainly, uh, the lighting was to his benefit. Right. You know, because you never, and we were close enough where we could, we should be able to see his face, and we couldn't because, now the, the band was all lit up, but he wasn't. Right. And every so often he would step he would step out a little and you could see a little but then he would get right back you know but the funniest thing was he came out and he you know he had this kind of cool outfit with you know a jacket like a glittery jacket and you know these pants with a stripe down the side so he's kind of looking kind of almost like Vegasy which was kind of cool but we were close enough to see that he had that bad little old man pot belly you know and it's like you know what there, these guys are at an age now where you there's you know you can't hide the fact. I mean, Mick Jagger has been about the only one. Paul McCartney looks amazing, and so does Ringo Starr. I don't know what what uh, serum they're taking, but um, but in terms of um, physicality, yeah, Mick Jagger, Mick Jagger. Now, my point is, uh, my my question to you is, uh, how did they overall sound? Like they had that new drummer, so could you even tell the difference with Steve no, Jordan I mean- there? And I haven't seen the Rolling Stones live since their Bridges to Babylon tour. And I saw them at Soldier Field and that was in the 90s. Right. So it's been a long time. But I thought that I thought their drummer was great. I thought he sounded great. And what a tough shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. No kidding. That's just really hard. But no. So they they sounded great. I mean, really, truly, like I thought I was so impressed with the show. And, you know, I thought the set list was great. I mean, they played a lot of stuff from the 60s. Well, yeah, I think. Well, I think like you said, you said, I mean, you you know, you said you may have been the early. You've been some of the youngest people there. I mean, you know, right now, I mean, I I make a joke because before I would always say that um, all the bands that I go to see are all on Social Security. Well, now. There's so are their fans. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But now most of the bands that I see are, you know, in assisted living. No, I know. I yes, mean, everybody we, everybody that I see now is in their 70s or like I said I just saw Bob Dylan who's in his eight, who's 80. Yes. You know. Okay, Jim, when we were waiting in line <laughs> for I think it was for 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 food, you know, standing in a food truck line. I see this couple walking past us and this older couple, I mean, I actually grabbed the rest of my group and pointed them out. It was so sweet. Had to have been at least in their seventies. Right. Well, they have walking together, holding their hands, meeting in the middle, holding a cane together, but totally decked out in their Rolling Stones. Right. You know, the husband had the T-shirt on. The wife had yeah. a sweatshirt on. Like, I well, I mean, Mick Jagger's seventy-eight, so they were seventy-eight too. Yes, I mean, they, you know, yes. these are so you know. you know, and and honestly, like the young people, the only young people I saw there were children, and it's because a lot of people, sort of in my age group, brought their kids, and in fact. Again, standing in line, I smiled. I, I turned around and I noticed this man who's around my age with a little girl who was maybe around, you know, I, I thought she looked like she was around James's age and it turned out she was a year younger than, than him. So she's like 10 years old. And I just, I sort of, I sort of looked at them and I, in my mind, I thought to myself, oh, that's so sweet. I bet this guy brought his daughter to this concert. Right. And he, I think, realized that I was kind of looking at them and smiling and he looked at me and he said, 
this is her first concert. And I said, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. <laughs> right. I said, oh, your dad's bringing you to your it's like granddaughter. first concert. And I said, that, I said to her, what a great first concert. The Rolling Stones, that's amazing. And I said, you know, I remember my first concert. It was Duran Duran and my mom took me and I <laughs> right. was nine years old. And they, he said to me, oh, well, she's 10. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. great. I was thinking, I'm like, you look around my son's age. But I thought, wow, what an amazing... I, you know, you don't want to say this to a kid because they'll just roll their eyes. They don't care. Right. But someday she's going to look back on that. Oh, yeah. She's I mean, going to tell people, my first concert was the Rolling Stones. Yeah. My dad took me. In yeah, I mean, my, my mom took you me know? to see Elton when I was 12. Yes. I mean, yeah. you know, and yeah. back then, that was an even bigger thing because older people did not go to concerts. Mm-hmm. I mean, for my mom to go to that concert... You know that you know in 1976 this was it was the height of his you know that was there was you know people were smoking marijuana I mean when you walked into the Chicago Stadium you could just I didn't even know what what, what I was smelling you know I'm 12 right. years old but right. there was no there were no old people there there were all young you know this is at the height of rock and you know the rock concerts just coming of age and um, so there's no there's no parents there. Right. So, I mean, my mom, I give her credit for taking me to that concert because she had to be like, you know, and, and I'm sure people were looking at her like, what's this old lady doing here? And she wasn't right. that old, but she was old to the, the the average person in that crowd was probably 20. Well, that's what I think people look at me and think for most other concerts I go to. But when I go see the Rolling Stones, I feel young. Again. Oh, yeah. No, I believe. Like, oh, well, yeah. that's how I even feel. Like I said, I'm going all the I still it's what's nice about going to see these these geriatric uh, rock stars is I've, I've always been into the older music anyway. So I'm still the youngest guy there, even though right. I'm not young. I'm still young when I'm because even at the Bob Dylan concert, oh my God, there was people with. I mean, canes were the le- were the least thing. I mean, there were literally wheelchairs and walkers. Right? No, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but uh, well, it's good to hear that. I mean, because I I um, I've always I mean, you know, they always say that the Rolling Stones are the you know, and they they've called themselves that the greatest rock and roll band, and they do um, deserve credit because. Even though they've had their uh, their personal problems with each other and they've broken up, uh, they they do realize uh, that they're best together as a as a part, and so um, and now at this age they realize that they're a part of history and they and and they're going to do this as long as they can, as long as they're not embarrassing themselves, and so they do deserve credit for sticking with it. Uh, over the last couple of months, in fact, it's been kind of funny because uh, Paul McCartney, you know. In in the in the grand scheme of things, it's you know when the, when you think about the the British invasion and the major rock bands of that British invasion of the late sixties and mid to late sixties and early seventies, it was you know it, it's the Beatles, it's the Stones, and it's the Who. You know those are like the three major bands, and and the Kinks really should be in there, but uh, but they sadly got uh, got pushed aside, but. Um, and so there's always debate, well, who's better? Is it the Beatles or the Stones or the who? You know, there's always this debate. And the funny thing is that the Beatles really gave up being a rock band when they stopped touring in 1966. And they never toured again. I mean, they played this rock, you know, this rooftop concert, which is now getting uh, revealed in that Get Back um, documentary, which is really amazing, uh, amazing documentary. But, but the Stones have remained on the road. And they're always a better road band. Their albums are good and they're fine, but they're not as good as their live show. And so it's really a testament to them that at this age, 
and 50 some years of this that someone like you that you know you weren't there when they first started and and you're saying that they were great so that's quite a testament to them i mean i have to say these guys they understand that they are an iconic rock band they understand as as like the young people would say they they understand the assignment okay and they are total pros like they completely deliver it's worth every penny i i really i was really and and again like i haven't i i've seen them live before you know i don't think in the 90s on that tour i don't think i fully appreciated how good they really are but maybe i appreciate it more now because that was actually a long time ago and yeah. these guys are still nothing, they're still at it nothing is stopping them yeah, yeah they're like it's amazing it's amazing what they can and that's like, really you know, and, and, and when you see them like the stones or you see uh you know like elton still out there and 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 things like that you know they're this you know when when in the i mean sadly you know, in the next 10 years, there's going to be a lot of names that we're going to be like, oh, my God, that person has passed away. I mean, that's just reality. You know, I mean, Ringo yeah. Starr is 81 years old. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and that's why before COVID, I was really saying, you know, I really want to see as many of these bands that I can that I've always wanted to see uh, whether they're at their peak or not, because, you know, I mean, in another five years, there's going to be and it's ten at the outset, but even the next five, you never know. And yeah, to, know. and to go to see a show like that and 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 come away with not just nostalgic or well, it was nice to see them in person, but actually to say, wow, that was a great concert. I mean, I I I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan, and I have not seen him in about. 25 years because he started to get very strange he wouldn't talk to the you know the to the audience he wouldn't even look at the audience he wouldn't even address the audience he changed the songs around one i was i was listening you know halfway through like a rolling stone i didn't even know that was the song and i said okay i'm done seeing him but i said you know what he's 80 i i want to see him one more time and i have to say you know to your point Maybe not only do they know that they're that they're historic and that they know what to do, but they also may be realizing that every show could be the last. And right. what I was impressed about to see Bob Dylan, he 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 wasn't you know he wasn't still talking to the audience, but he was totally into this show and his voice for whatever it is i mean you don't go to see bob dylan because he's a great singer you you go to hear the songs you don't hear he's he's not a great singer but there was power in his voice there was enthusiasm in his voice and he was just 80 years i said there's no cooler 80 year old guy than that guy right there and 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 he was into the show and so i walked away said you know what i'm glad i saw this cuz i saw a better Bob Dylan at 80 than I saw one at 55. Right. He was better now than he was 25 years ago. And so I think there's a little of that going on too, is that, um, you know, it's not just, you know, to see them in person and they're not just paying, you know, having you pay to, for them to stand there and, and say, look at me. They are, they, these rock stars from the sixties, they they came up playing music 
They are performers. They're not like these, you know, they, on these talent shows like The Voice. These people never even have performed in a, in a, in a venue. These guys worked in bad little clubs since they were teenagers, and so they are performers, you know, you know when, right down to their bones, and if they physically can do it, they will continue to do it. And that's one thing that I, I fear that when this era of these, of these performers dies, that's going to sort of die with them because you don't see a lot of uh, you know, bands today have that kind of longevity or, or have that that talent to completely entertain, you yeah. know? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you saw them and I'm glad that you had a good time because, uh, cause that was, uh, that, that could, that's history. You saw history. It, yeah. And it totally, it was worth kind of all the headache and, right. and, the, and the traffic and all that. And you know, now I'm getting greedy cause now I'm hoping, well, I hope I get to see them again. Right. I, I don't yeah. know. Cause I also, cause you also don't know how often these guys, even intend to tour right. at this stage, yeah. right? Yeah, so, I mean, there, there, I mean, there I could be, glad, I mean, you know, thankfully. And it was worth the two-year wait. Also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish that would have been, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you had it didn't have as, as, as uh, uh, disappointing and frustrating or potentially dangerous, right. um, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, situation as many people did. But I'm hoping that uh, that moving forward here that, uh, you know, these these fatalities at rock concerts, which is, Really, just you know, it's it's unnecessary. And at this point in the game, they should know how to do crowd control. They should know how to put on big events for a lot of people. So to have this kind of, you know, you shouldn't you should not be able to you you shouldn't be go to a concert and not come home that night. Right. That yeah. that that that's unacceptable. So hopefully, um, this has has put a, a new shock into uh, or at least a new awareness from promoters and organizers of the events that, uh, you know, we cannot slack on security and well, especially, and too. yeah, well, yeah, it's everybody. Yeah. Everybody involved. There's yeah. The show yeah. Say, yeah. You know what? We're, we need to stop the show. Well, if happening. like the famous thing, you know, once again, go back and watch the film, give me shelter, which is the, the, uh, the film footage from the, the Rolling Stones Altamont concert, where, as I said before, the Rolling Stones, this goes to show you how naive they were. You know, they hired the hell's angels, uh, you know, motorcycle to gang security, to be to do yeah. security and that's when mick jagger actually does stop the show during the show because he sees them beating people up from right. the stage and he goes why are we fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> why are we fighting you know and um and so to have that at a, ra- a racetrack again was kind of interesting irony uh with people complaining about it but um well i'm glad you had a great time i'm glad you saw the stones i'm glad it took it was it was worth waiting two years and i'm glad you got in and out uh, yeah. And the best part of your story is what? The rickshaw. Uh, the rickshaw. The rickshaw. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I owe that rickshaw guy a debt of gratitude because oh. I think he's the only reason we actually didn't miss the video. All I'm thinking show, about so. is the Seinfeld episode where Kramer and Newman want to have rickshaws and they try to get homeless people to ride the rickshaw to, to, oh, to, pull, God. to pull the rickshaws. Oh, God. <laughs> But uh, anyway, well, thank uh, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to uh, share your uh, your insights about um, not only the Rolling Stones in Austin, Texas, but uh, but also your uh, views on decluttering. And we now learned about Leah the doll, baby Leah, baby Leah. That's baby Leah. Baby it has to have the baby. It has <laughs> yeah. to be in front of it. 
So anyway, well, thank you so much, Emily. Have a great uh, yeah. Christmas and New Year, and we will definitely talk again soon. Uh, it's always fun uh, to chat with you, and uh, I look forward to the next time. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, Jim. All right. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, send a message, send a link. Let them know that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 289. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen. <laughs>